Hey, what's up, how's it? Aloha, welcome to Culturize. It is me, Makani. This is a space that we created uh, to just learn, share, talk culture, whether it's native, whether it's ethnic, whether it's social. Uh, we're giving you an opportunity to share with us if you're watching uh, on the network on the network TV. I'm so uncle right now. Oh, on the YouTube. <laughs> if you're watching on network TV, thank you guys very much for doing that. If you're uh, watching on all of our social media platforms or listening uh, online, do all the things that you got to do to validate my existence. I'm so excited. I'm humbled. I'm privileged because I, I love when I have guests that uh, I, I personally know and not just know, but for a long time. <laughs> right for a long time we we uh we grew up together um we are off island people as you say uh, we are from uh, the island of uh, kahikili from maui um and i'm excited for you to be here leslie Iokea, how are you good um i'm so excited you're here we we haven't seen each other well, we ran into each other uh -huh. at the Hui um, paddleboard race, but we didn't see each other prior to that because you were uh, getting your PhD. Yes. In what? In geospatial science. Geos tell me, tell somebody that doesn't have a PhD <laughs> what is geospatial science. But what, actually, let's do this first. Let's do this. Um, we just talked about Maui. What high school you went? We got to do all the local things. All right, that's an important question. Right? So Baldwin High School. Both. Class oh, of 89. That was my rival, right? <laughs> that was my rival. Baldwin High School and grew up where on Maui? Makawao. Makawao. Um, what was it like growing up on Maui? Because you're here now, right? And we always have these conversations. How We've been here about the same time. 30, yes. On Oahu, what? 30 years? Since we were 18. Holy yeah. Oh, so five so years ten ago. 10 years. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, growing up. And is it now, if you're in Makawa, you don't go to Baldwin now. Isn't there another high school? There's a few other high schools there, up a there. A few? <laughs> yeah. There's a Kamehameha well, there's a That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, anyway, Makawa, all the way to Baldwin. Yes. Was there, even within Makawa, so if, if you're joining us and you've been to the island of Maui, you haven't been to the island of Maui, Makawa sits on the slopes of, of uh, I would say, in the valley of Haleakala. And Baldwin is what? How long did that take you to go to school? Oh, what, half an hour? Oh, yeah. speed racer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Down the hill. So mom's here, that's who we're talking to. Well, I shouldn't even look, right? Right? No, no, you can't. Uh, we, we, the studio audience, we got the studio audience for about 1,000 people. So, right? So from Makawa, did you see a difference? Because sometimes we know there's a difference with upcountry, as we call it, and in Wailuku. Did you see a difference in, in growing up in Makawa and being at school in Wailuku? Yeah, sure. Sure. I mean, you know, if you're from the country, it's a different vibe and way of living, different culture. Isn't um, that weird? It is. It's nice, though. Wailuku was like so town. Right. To yeah, us. right. That was our city. Girl, born and raised Makawao, Maui. Yeah. Um, growing up, what was it like? Um, so ethnicities cultural backgrounds, traditional backgrounds, what was prevalent in the family, and what was it like growing up in Makawao oh, wow. from, from a cultural and traditional standpoint? Wow. Well, let's see. <laughs> um, my father is Hawaiian, mm -hmm. Chinese, and my mother is Bermudan and Pakeha. So she's from Aotearoa. Nice. And she was the one that was the ku'e in the family. Okay, so I was just going <laughs> to, when you, when, as soon as you say female, Aotearoa, 
you know who is who is the stronger one. Right, right. <laughs> Enough said. Was it now? Did you have what what kind of cultures were in, prevalent in the household? Um, so it was Hawaiian and okay. then uh, Maori. Nice, and uh, which is, uh, if you go traditionally, you're like, correct me if I'm wrong. Is there theories and people watching? A lot of times people say. No, the Maoris came from Hawaii. Oh no, no, we can't. Vice versa. What in in your ike? What what do you think? The, the philosophies of where we've come from. Well, I think if we follow the Austronesian pathway, Ooh, okay. it does give us answers. Um, but we can actually go further back, and then that's where Manao goes all over the place. Right. If you're sitting uh, sitting with us, this is Culture As I'm sitting with my very dear friend uh, Leslie L. Kale. We're talking. We're going to be talking culture. She she's a walking encyclopedia. That's why I brought her here. So there's so many things we were talking about. It. I don't even know what to talk to you about because your ike is just all over and it's profound. So if you want to learn some things, we're going to get right into it uh, because I like to have friends that have PhDs right here on Culturized. <laughs> Bringing you what matters. Viewers can receive the Star Advertiser digital full access subscription for just $9.95 per month. Go to StarAdvertiser.com and click on subscribe. Use the code AHIGHTHING. For all your money needs, Hawaiian Financial Federal Credit Union is here for you. Visit HIFICU.com. Hey, what's going on? Welcome back to Culture Rise. It is me, Makani. We are sitting with my dear friend. Our, our Maui folks are here. We're finally representing Kamehameha Schools, man, on this podcast, winning so far. We had somebody from McKinley t- uh, earlier, Baldwin. I think you're my first Baldwin oh, High awesome. School. No, yeah. Really? Sean Santana. Remember Sean Santana? Oh, no, he went to Maui High. Okay. That's right. That's right. Sean, the guy who does Pure Aloha in oh, Vegas. Yes. That's right. He went to Maui High. So you're my first Baldwin. I might, oh, no, I had. Dr. Umi Perkins. Oh, okay. So Lahaina Luna, just two of us. Right on. Uh, so growing up in Makawa, we're talking about that. Um, growing up in these traditions, what what things do you remember, mom and dad, instilling in you? Um, any culture that growing up. Right. So we were always in the ocean. It was always about the water. Um, but then it was always about hula and going to practice with our halau. Um, and then it was always about swim practice and paddling right. canoe and sailing and they so, kept us busy. Let me, so let me ask, um, <laughs> did you like it? Remember back because there were right. times. Right. You know I, mean? I don't think I knew any better. Okay, that, that's a good answer. Until I got to answer. high school. That's a good answer. <laughs> um, growing up, going to Baldwin, um, what, is, what is one of the first things you peeled to? What is the first things that, that you connected to culturally, whether it was Hawaiian, whether it was uh, a Maori? What, what, what was it? Yeah, I would think Hawaiian. And, um, and within that, what was? So was it was it the water? Was it surfing? Was it hula? Was it was the first thing you peeled to? It is the water. Mm-hmm. You know, we had our grandparents in the same household. Um, and so for all of us, it was about the ocean. Um, and what can be done down at the ocean for practices and traditions, but also how to swim and paddle and and just be ma'a in the water. I think it's the coolest thing because if some of you know, living in Makawao, up country, but you were very water-based kanaka. Right, right. Which is, which is, you think about it, a lot of times people are like, oh, you, you're from the Kuahivis or you're from the Kahakai, right? But you guys were both. Um, what was it about the ocean that you loved most? The peace that I felt. Really? And I think over time it's changed, though. 
as I got older or I'm getting older, it's about Kanaloa. It's about mm. um, going back to, you know, uh, voyaging stories and mo'olelo. Growing up, we knew of these things. Right. At what age did you really, we're talking about an age now as we get older, where did you realize or, or not see the ocean differently, but now see Kanaloa rather than, oh, we're just going to the ocean? Was that after high school, Intaka? When did you start seeing it that way? Through, I guess through the eyes, of, it sounds weird, but seeing it through the eyes of a Kanaka, right? Because growing up, we just knew that's what we knew. When did you start seeing it that way? I think after high school, when I became a crew member on Hokulea and having practices overnight between the island chain and understanding that there's mo'olelo in the star lines, the wind patterns, the rising and setting sun, and hearing from the navigator what they're looking at. I just heard Nainoa make a, a comment. I, it, was just, it was on TV the other day that he was saying that Wahine are better <laughs> at yes. navigating. Is that, is that, I heard that too. Is that a true thing? It is a true thing. Well, in, in, your, in your mana'o, why do you think so? Well, I think it's the person, though. If the person's mm. open and has a perception of what is out there that can't be seen, so the intangible culture is all around us. And if you're that person that can feel and have sensories, um, then it doesn't have to be a gender. Um, but I do see that females are more open to that perception. I like that. What was that, what was that like? I mean, being on Hokulea, going inner island, was, was it um, from, from a, let, let, well, I guess we'll touch on the bases. Physically, how was that? It was awesome. Was it? Yeah. Just being there. Emotionally and, and um, spiritually, what was that like? Right. So it, it would make you be a believer that our ancestors are out there still. If you're sitting with us. We're, she's done it all. I'm telling you. Um, we're not gonna we're not, we're, we're not done yet. <laughs> <laughs> PhD's not all. But we want to get into that because I love the fact, what I want to get into is all these traditions and, and being raised by mom and dad and, and grandma and grandpa and, and two to them, that this all pushed you into where you are today and how you involve Ike and, and traditions into that. So if you're joining us, this is Culturized. We're sitting down with my good friend, Leslie Okay, We're talking culture and Culturized. Air and Sea Travel Center, best group tours throughout the world. Let's go travel and see the world to make beautiful memories. Call 808-951-9800 today. Long's Drugs is always here for Hawaii, providing your family with their local favorites and accessible health and wellness services to keep you safe and healthy. Make Long's a part of your day. Windows Hawaii. Trust Windows Hawaii. Hey, what's up, Howls? It's Aloha. Welcome back to Culturize. It is me, McCunny. We're talking culture. I'm, I'm so humbled and privileged to have my friends here. Um, we grew up on Maui. We're talking about growing up in tradition and culture and brings you where you are today. Um, what are you doing right now? You're with, um, hello, I'm, I'm brain farting, the state, right? Yes, I am. What are you doing for the state right now? <laughs> I am the Oahu Island Burial Site Specialist for um, the State Historic Preservation Division under DLNR. Okay, really quick, I just thought of this because you, you just asked me that. I just had uh, a text last week is maybe a question you can answer or not actually I had a couple of i don't know why people text me they say hey we were doing some excavations at our house we were doing this and we found some bones yes besides calling the police first do they call how, how does that work 
Right. So they should call the police. Mm -hmm. And then the police will call us. Ah, okay. And what happens is we go through our archaeology division, mm -hmm. and an archaeologist will go out to the scene, and we'll see if it's really a human ivikupuna, uh, mm -hmm. or it could be an animal. Uh, if it is ivikupuna, then if it's older than 50 or plus years of age. And if it is, then that would be our jurisdiction. And wow. then they would give it to our division. Mm -hmm. And so I or the other one, uh, the other bear site specialist, would go out to the scene and take over. And that was just heavy for me just because I, I just pictured going out to a scene where you, you find Evi Kupuna. Um, if you can't share with us, um, what, what, do you, what do you do to prepare yourself? Because there's a lot of people that don't even report it, but they'll find you right, Evi, somewhere. Maybe they don't know what it is. Um, for you, what do you, what do you do to prepare yourself for that? Like knowing, you know what I mean? Are there are there protocols that you do, or can you even share those? I mean, what? How do you prepare yourself? You know, I think it's who I am. It's mm. my epistemology. It's mm. growing up in the seventies and being a keiki in the PKO, mm. and having my aunties and uncles um, protect Evi Kupuna at Honokahua. So it's it's in my DNA, and so. Now I'm 30 years later, and I'm in this position, and it's about, okay, taking care of our EV kupuna, which in turn takes care of us. So, so it, it's, it's a different mindset. Safe, to, it's, it's intention, right? right? And a little bit of kuleana. Oh, a whole lot of A whole of lot of kuleana. I, 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 I just tripped out when we were talking about it, and you said you were with, I was like, wow. And then it was strange because people call me, and what do you do? I was like, I don't know what you do. Let me, I'll call my friend, right? Right. Um, <laughs> And there's so much, so much uh, construction going on today. How busy are you guys with that? So we're really busy. So there's there's two really um, big ways that we come across mm. Evi Kupuna, and that would be uh, development, or we could say overdevelopment. Mm. And then the other way is uh, shoreline erosion. So we see them coming up in the embankments um, off of the shoreline. Really? So yeah. they're. Traditionally, they they would bury kupuna at beaches or kakais or or, or just, sure. it's just really. Sure. So we want I want to talk about that a little too. And and if we can, a lot of times you know people we always hear when we grow up oh burial sites and they bury them there. So for those that may not understand, ali'i or chiefly lines, is it? You always hear they they weren't they they never said where they were buried. Right. Is that true? That's true. Okay. Uh -huh. um, but other things I've heard, sometimes they bury, if it's ohana, they bury them in, the, in their ili, in their kuleana? Right. Really? Um, was there, I had a friend speaking of Aotearoa in New Zealand, they're bringing back, I guess for lack of a better word, their undertaking of traditional burials. What Did we have like a traditional, like what are, what are the things we did when somebody would hala? Would, would pass away? Were there traditions that we did? You know, it's a good question. Mm -hmm. I think it's not like the Maoris, right. right, where they have this whole process mm -hmm. for a week long. Um, for Hawaiians, though, it was different per family, uh, per ahupua'a traditions and the way that they they uh, kanu, the mm -hmm. iwi kupuna. I, that's, I, so how, how'd, you, how'd you get into this? How'd you, what, where, of course, obviously, Kuleana, you it's it's that was your Kuleana from even before you knew it, and like exactly. you said, it's it's amazing that you're in it now. 
But um, did you choose to take this position or it was like, hoi Luna, hello, this is what you're doing. What, what was it? Yeah, a little of both. Um, I was in my grad school years and my chair was the head of the Historic Preservation uh, Certificate Program. And so he took me all over uh, to care for Ivi Kupuna. So in Kalaupapa, uh, Kaho Olave, and, you know, and so forth. And so it became a part of, wow, I could really do this job, uh, co both culturally and um, understanding the laws to navigate through. If you're joining us, we're talking uh, with Leslie Elke, what she's doing now. But you, you got a lot of things going on, too. I want to talk a little bit more about Ike Hawaii and taking traditional thought and, and knowledge into a contemporary space. Uh, if you're joining us, that's what we do right here at Culturized. At Aloha Kia, you know a guy. Visit them at any of their seven dealerships statewide. Purchase a brand new Kia using Aloha Kia Express. Learn more at alohakia.com. Hey, what's up? How's it? Aloha. Welcome back to Culturize. We are talking with my good friend, Leslie. Yeah, okay. I'm getting, I'm getting greedy right now because all these questions are for me. So if you guys are eavesdropping, hey, hopefully you're learning something. We're talking about Evie Kupuna. We just talked about Evie Kupuna, but I want to talk about also um, your huge, huge uh, uh, supporter and, and kako of, of Ike Hawaii or traditional, traditional um, thoughts and traditional knowledge. And a lot of times, here's a question I always ask, and I want to ask it to you too. Do you think in your manau, when did we stop moving forward? Because a lot of times people, yes, we look at traditions and we look at Ike Kupuna, um, but we still have to move forward. Are you, are you a um, supporter of taking traditional knowledge and moving forward as well? Absolutely. Because I, I use this analogy, it's always funny because I always think, because if, if we went Kavakahiko, if we went in the old days and I brought a power tool to the Kalaiva, he'd be like, yeah, let me use it. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, because sometimes you have people that, that, and I always say this, yes, you need to know the process of what they did traditionally, but we can still move forward. How do you apply that in, in things that you're doing now? Because there's, a, a, was it a grant that you guys just got? Uh, yes. How do you take this traditional knowledge and contemporize it? Did I just make up a word? Contemporize? <laughs> Did I just make up a word? <laughs> how, do you, how do you do that? Because a lot of copyright people... Copyright that. Copyright. Contemporize. <laughs> um, how, do you, how do you take Ike Hawaii, traditional knowledge and, and, and thought, and move it forward and continue to move it forward? Right. So that's, you know, that's a good question. Um, and so I took an interdisciplinary route mm. in my studies. And it was taking from here and there uh, to create something that I envisioned for myself to do after my degree. Mm -hmm. And so basically it's um, taking indigenous knowledge and converging it with modern science. Um, so instead of having modern science uh -huh. and then seeing where it connects to indigenous knowledge mm -hmm. or Ike Hawaii or however you want to say it, mm -hmm. how about we start with Ike Hawaii first because that is uh -huh. science. And then we see how we can converge into modern science and research projects that could then change the dialogue, change possibly solutions, um, and we'll have a different conversation at the table. But to, the, to do that, we need to be there. I, I see. I like that because I'm, I'm thinking about it now. It's kind of like what, you know, where, where I work at the Healing Center. You know, and I always hear Kupuna say, we, we have to think Kanaka first and then think what the Western world does, right? right? We kind of do it the other way around. 
Um, is that kind of the concept of, of that's how we should be, right? That's exactly what, it. What are, what are things that we can use uh, uh, indigenous thinking for? I mean, we, we talk weather. Right. And right. anything and everything. What what are things that you think we can use that indigenous thought for? That would hello, we have all the answers, right? Weather wise, how can we use indigenous knowledge? Oh, that's a awesome question. Do I keep saying that? Because these <laughs> questions I want to ask you. No, questions you just making me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> good job, McCunny. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, we can tell weather possibly five days before it happens. We can forecast and predict what will happen uh, the next day to up to eight days. Uh, a really good navigator can predict up to eight days. So I'm not there, but I can, you know, you can predict based on a pattern um, in understanding the star lines, the moon phases, the rising and setting sun, uh, what time of year it is, what are those um, relational patterns that then can relate back to a tangible object, which can be the weather. So you can understand weather, and then when you finally do that, you can understand the disturbance in weather and why things are happening today. Isn't it crazy? I remember growing up, my grandfather would always say he would know when the wet season was, the dry season right, was. Yeah. And, and now, I remember right before he passed, he was like, now you can't even tell. Right. Uh, we're talking about indigenous knowledge, using it for things today, re just flipping the script and going back to how we thought first. Um, what we're going to do right now, if you're watching on, on, on network, we're going to go to an extended version because I'm going to sit with her a little while more. Uh, the extended version on YouTube. But before that, thank you so much for hanging out with me. Thank Mahalo you for Nui. making time. Mahalo for that. All these goodies are for you. Uh, we wow. got a goodie bag. I got to thank my good friends at Island Craft Fairs and all of their vendors, which uh, uh, if you want to know who they are, check them out at the, uh, right at the end of this episode. So again, Leslie, mahalo, 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 mom, for hanging out. Mahalo, Makani the cat, for being here as well. We are going to talk more culture on our YouTube extended version right here. Hey, what's up? How's it? Aloha. Welcome back to Culturize. If you're on YouTube, this is the extended version. I am getting uh, schooled right now. I always, I'm going to be a lifetime student, and that's why I have friends like Leslie Elkia, because we're talking indigenous knowledge. If, if uh, those of you that are thinking, okay, what is that about? Um, not just, and I like that you said, not just a specific ethnicity, but any native knowledge. I'm, I'm, I always say that any native culture, their knowledge of, of things they have all the answers for what we're trying to figure out today right um when we talk weather are there other things that indigenous knowledge we can put into whether it's weather um i don't know what other things can we can we use indigenous knowledge for oh it for sounds everything. like a weird question but no no not at all for everything um you know understanding the way weather works mm -hmm. is also understanding the way our ancestors saw the world and so it's a different worldview and it's not the worldview that we see today as a Hawaiian. Um, so it is different. So going back in time to understand that they had actual descriptions of weather um, and what pathway it's going and how to help out when there's floods or when there's natural disasters or disturbances. And so we can learn from that, possibly not to be the answer, but to help with formulating an answer. I see. I, th I think that's what we, we've, the, the problem today is in my manao is that we always think just somebody has the, just one, that's, that's the answer. Instead of looking at all the, you know, right? Um, not all knowledge comes from one school, but 
Um, of course, we're biased. We say, well, it kind of does. So here's something I think about all the time. Speaking of weather, we have all these weather phenomenons happening. We have all the, you know, the, the um, um, global warming and all this. What do you think in your mind? How, how do you think Hawaiians would, would view this? You think like, oh, something's coming, something's right. happening, or what? What's your mana on that? If 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 we went Kawakahiko but had the same weather problems we have today, what do you think they would think? Oh, I think they would be innovative and creative in finding solutions. You know, I see it as a positive. Um, climate change did not just start in our generation; it's been going on for centuries, and it's at a point where now people are relocating. Um, but our ancestors went through floods where the entire village had to move um, or they had to sail to another island. So they knew ways of resilience um, and ways of living and ways of taking their culture with them um, more than possibly we do today. And that's something we can learn from. That's interesting because I always think that, like, right? well, you know, what would they do? Right. What would, they, you know, say, what would, what would your kupuna do um, with it? Everything that, that you've been, because you've, you've, gosh, Ivi Kupuna, right? Indigenous knowledge in, in, in weather patterns and whatnot. Uh, what, what else have you, because you just did, what was the last presentation you did? Like, um, that was on Wednesday. Really? Of this week. What, what was it about? And it was um, on Zoom in uh, Puerto Rico. They just had a, a natural disaster uh-huh. and flooding. And so um, I also consult with uh, countries and island nations on sea level rise and flooding. And so I was part of a panel talking about what we will be doing to help them. No way. So what, what kind of things is, is that's even, that's recent. What kind of yeah. things, and obviously you're instilling in, uh, indigenous knowledge to them. Do right. you find that they also are thinking that way? Absolutely. Really? What, right. kind of, what kinds of things are, are they thinking of? You know, it's all different, right? Mm. So we all have different traditions mm. and knowledge. Um, but they also have their ancestors that left things behind in language and mele and oli and mo'olelo. So we get together. Um, they can use what they don't have from us, mm-hmm. and they can probably incorporate it into one of their traditions for today. I love the fact that it's exactly that. That's what culture is all about. It's like, hey, we're going to go call this Kanaka from Hawaii. Yeah, we're in Puerto Rico, but we're going were, to. Were there other native cultures there as well on this panel? Sure. Native Americans were there. Really? So there were three. And they're actually the group that I work with for the last decade. That is change. crazy wealth of knowledge. <laughs> and so it was just you guys were there to talk about what you can do and what you need to do because Puerto Rico went through this thing. What, what are the things like things you came? What did you present or what did you guys come up with at this at this uh, presentation and, and talk story? Well, there's a lot to discuss mm-hmm. um, when there's flooding. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is what is the palena? What are they looking at? Mm-hmm. What are they going to miss if they have to relocate? Um, what do they bring with them? There's a lot to discuss, though. And so basically it's about putting together a management plan. Mm-hmm. So in today's terms, a management plan, right. <laughs> but it comes with culture. It's impact. Mm. The impact is culture, and it's how do we move from A to B with everything intact. Wow. So it, it's, again, flipping that script and saying, look at our indigenous. What, what would our people do? And it's funny because I always use that term when I work with uh, some of my clients at the Healing Center in, in drug addiction. I always say, it may sound easy, but it may sound, what, what, 
would your kupuna do if they had this pilikia? Right? So it's as simple as looking back. Uh, before we wrap this up, I, w- I want to, your manao, if you can share with anybody that's here now, is, is if they want to look at indigenous knowledge. I've had a couple people tell me that, no, we don't think like our kupuna anymore, so we have to move forward. That part I get, but it was almost as though they kind of dispelled the whole. So if somebody wants to look into indigenous knowledge but doesn't really know where to go or what to do, what would be the simplest way in your manao to get them to reconnect? Yeah, I think it's with yourself. Mm. So understanding your genealogy, but also cosmology. Yeah, and discussing things with your elders. They have the answers. Um, and get to them before they go on. I like right. that. Yourself, figure out who you are. Uh, figure out who you kapuna are. Right. Right. Um, thank you so much for making time. Uh, we, we're gonna, I got to have to bring you back because... All the things that you do. I remember we were talking about, I was like, I don't even know what I'm going to talk to you about <laughs> because there's so many things that have to do with Iki Hawaii, indigenous knowledge, um, and, and the way you grew up and all these things. Um, to where you are now, you just got your PhD before we let you go. Um, what are the, just to let people, what are the biggest things growing up that mom, dad, and grandparents taught you that instilled with you that, uh, what do you, uh, motivated you to get your PhD? I mean, even sis, this is going to be on. This is going to be on later. Um, Kanaka with PhDs, you know. A lot of people say it's an amazing thing, but I'm thinking, no, PhD is. <laughs> we, we we had millions of them back in the day, right? But you're changing. What motivated you? What things that uh, dad and mom and grandparents tell you that motivated you to get your PhD? You know, I think it's just hearing the mo'olelo from our past and understanding that our ancestors were so ahead of their time, even our time today. And so it's in our DNA for us to be like this. And today we now have um, PhD degrees or master's degrees or undergrad degrees. It's It's difficult to get a PhD. It is. It's amazing. So motivate you guys. Look, we have a, a, a Wahine, Kanaka Wahine sitting here with her PhD and, and in so many aspects of, of Namea Hawaii. So thank you for sharing. Um, before we go, share with us this whole concept right here in front of you because this is a cultured show. Um, we did it off camera and she brought a whole Kubori gift. Explain to those why this happens. Why, why do we do things like this when we go somewhere? You know, I'm in, I'm in your space, I'm in your home. I'm here to help conversation or whatever you would like me to do, <laughs> or just kuka kuka. And I want to honor that space by giving you a ho'okupu and one that can be used for traditional practices if you so shall ask for it. Uh, for us that voyage, it's um, to allow and let people know that we're coming to their shore. Um, or that we're giving a olikahea before we step onto the land. And so I just wanted you to have something like this. I, I see you in, in all over <laughs> in, in your malo. And I figure, you know, you probably want to give a olikahea. Uh, I, I love. But I dreamt it. And so I dreamt it, and I thought, okay, I'll work on this piece right here. So I worked on it, and I put coconut oil from Tahiti, um, because that's where we all come from, really the pathway to Kahiki. And yeah. Which is, which is amazing because I am all about ohe. 
so this is ba- mahalo, mahalo, mahalo nui for this. So this is ohe uh, bamboo. Um, this specific, the color, oh, obviously look at my table. Right, right? it fits. Um, and this ohe comes from where? From Makawao. Makawao. She brought a piece of home. Uh, and, and that's why I'm laughing because when you gave it, not laughing, but I'm, I'm so I, chicken skin because um, I love ohe. I love, absolutely love ohe. Um, and I'm that guy sometimes where I know I should be using it, but I will put it like right there on my nightstand and be like, oh, it just looks good. Right. But mahalo, No, please mahalo. use it. I know. She's like, no, use it. I know. I will. I will. I'm, I'm, so, I'm humbled. I'm privileged. Thank you so much for being here. Um, we're going to bring you mahalo. back, talk more story, and share with us your manao and your indigenous knowledge. Leslie E.L.K., ladies and gentlemen, mahalo. This is Culturized. Mm-hmm.